This is the GGC Life Podcast. Speak this morning on a, I think, really, really powerful message that can transform our, our life, our thinking, and, and will we'll lay strength. The best way I can say this is it will lay strength into the foundation of your walk with God for the rest of your life. It will lay strength, if you believe it, and take it on board and live from this revelation, it will lay strength into the way your journey is with the Lord for the rest of your life, even until you get to heaven. Amen? And, and the, the, the revelation I want us to get, because I believe Paul the Apostle was walking in it. And you know, Paul was a great man of God. You know, he, he, he was known. They said of him, everywhere he's going, he's shaking the world upside down. And actually turning the world right side up, because he's shaking it upside down, because it was, it was the wrong way around. And he's shaking the world right, upside down, because he's turning it right side up. With the gospel of the kingdom. I mean, he wrote, Paul the Apostle wrote um, around 14 letters of the New Testament, 13 to 14 letters. It's three quarters of the New Testament you read, Paul, it was attributed to him. And, and, and some of those letters he wrote in jail. That's a different Christianity, isn't it? In jail, and he writes letters to encourage other people around the world. So Paul, even of himself, said he was a master builder. Now, I think this is near to the end of his life. He writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You want to open it up in your Bibles and your iPads or your mobile phones? But let's look at Scripture. Let's look at the Word together. And um, what I want to speak about is when I am weak, then I am strong. Say that with me. When I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I want, I want us to believe that. I want us to actually think, when... I am weak in my vulnerability, in my weakness, my human, in, in my weakness. Then, at that same point, I am strong. Now, that doesn't make sense in the natural. How can you possibly say that in the natural realm? When I am weak, then I'm strong. That's, a, that's wrong, isn't it? You can't really, it doesn't make sense. But think about it in the spirit realm. When I am weak, in other words, when I look at my weak, in my weakness, I'm going to look to Him the most. I'm going to lean into God the most. I'm in, in that weakness is when I'm vulnerable. That's when I'm seeking Him. That's when I'm, I'm looking to Him. That's when I'm saying, God, I need you in this. And because I'm going to Him, I'm leaning on Him. Because I'm doing that, I'm actually strong. That's my strongest point. Why? Because I'm leaning into Him the most. Every single miracle in the Bible, I believe, every single provision that God's ever come up with, any great miracle of provision or miracle of healing or deliverance, anything you read in the Bible, it was that human beings or a people of God crying out to God in their weakness. And at that point, in the natural, at their, their weakest point, they became the strongest because God came through, because the mighty hand came through. Now, I really want us to understand this. This is so important to understand. Let's read it um, from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, please. He says, Boasting is necessary, though it is not profitable. It's not advantageous. Paul didn't like to boast a lot and didn't want to talk about himself a lot. But he goes, But I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. Now, this is someone that can talk about it because he's talking about himself. Look what he says. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven. Now, he's, he's, he's referring to this man as a, a third person on purpose because he, it's in his humility. 
He's trying to say, of that man I'll boast about, but of myself I'll only boast about my weaknesses. So he's, and he's saying 14 years ago, he goes, whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell in that experience, but such a man was caught up into the third heaven. Do you realise what we just read? Do you believe what we just read? Paul went to heaven. Now he doesn't know whether he actually went with his body or without his body. He's not sure of that, but it was so tangible, so real. The experience was so sensorable, like sensory, that he goes, I don't know if I was in my body or out of my body. Right? And he goes, I have to say, and I know, um, I know how such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, God knows that, verse 4, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. In other words, he heard things in heaven that he can't even repeat here. Because if he did repeat it, you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't understand it. It's just, we're not at that place of maturity to understand it. So he goes, I wasn't even permitted to speak the things I heard in heaven. So he's walking in such a great revelation. And he says, on behalf of such a man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except in regard to my weaknesses. On, I'll boast about this experience that he had. But when it comes to me, I'll only boast in my weaknesses. Now, why is he bringing up his weaknesses? He goes, for if I do wish to boast, I will not be foolish, for I will be speaking the truth. Like if I choose to boast, I won't be foolish because I'm actually speaking the truth. This is honest, truthful speaking if Paul chose to boast about himself. But he, he, but he goes, but I will refrain from this. I won't boast about myself or my experiences in heaven so that no one will credit me. Yes, I don't want people to credit me more than he sees in me or hears from me. I don't want people to elevate me higher than I really am. I don't want people to think of me that I'm greater than what I really am. So I'm not going to talk to you about my great revelations in heaven. And he goes on to say, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations that was given to Paul as a great apostle, because of the great revelation that was coming to him, for this reason... To keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. Who's this messenger from? Satan. Everyone says, this messenger is from Satan. Well, it's not from, it's not from God. You've really got to understand this is not from God. God's not even allowing the messenger of Satan to come. The messenger of Satan has a purpose. If Satan's going to send a messenger, the word is angelos. If Satan's going to send an angel, like his messenger, that's what the word angelos means. If Satan's going to send one of his angels, one of his fallen angels, one of his messengers, it's for a purpose. What do you think Satan's purpose is? To get Paul off track, to get him distracted, to destroy him. To, the Bible says this messenger of Satan was, was tormenting me. Tormenting me. In, in the King James Version, it says he was um, buffeting me. And you look up the word, it means that this, this messenger of Satan was bashing me with fists. So he's using it symbolically, obviously, as an imagery. But he goes, there was this angel from Satan that's attacking me. And he was, he was beating me up. He was tormenting. It was, it was to get him off track. If anything, it was to get Paul frustrated, angry, and, and even to the point of giving up. So that's the purpose of the attack. So anytime you and I go through hardships, tribulations, persecutions, any, anything like this, any hardships, the, enemies, the, the purpose of the enemy is to get you to be so discouraged, get you to look at it wrong, have a wrong perspective about the attack, and then go, oh, well, what's the, where's God in this? Where's God? Why isn't God helping me? Why is God allowing me? Even that, why is God allowing me to go through this? 
Where is God in this? Come on. Like, and you question the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the comfort of God. And if you start questioning God in this, you, you, it's easy for you to give up. And that's the, that's the enemy's tactic. I just want us to be aware. That's what Satan wants to do in this. If we see what we face wrongly, with wrong perception, right? You with me so far? He's saying, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations given to me for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, he goes, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Because I was, get, I was getting so much exaltation with the revelation. Now God's desire is actually to exalt you at the right hand of the Father. Like we know that God has raised us up with Jesus in heavenly places. So we're talking about that type of growing in revelation. And the enemy now sends, sends a messenger to, to buffet me, to, to attack me. What does Paul do? Paul does, every, Paul does exactly what we would do. What does Paul do? Paul says um, in verse 8, Concerning this, because of this messenger of Satan was attacking me and buffeting me and tormenting me, I, he goes, I implored the Lord, implored or I asked of the Lord three times that it might leave me. So he goes to the Lord, Lord, get rid of this thing. Surely you can just get rid of this thing. Come on, you're the Almighty, you're powerful, just get rid of it. And the Lord didn't say no. He just said, and he said to him, this is the Lord's response, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace, my empowerment is enough for you. You've got enough power on you right now. It's, there's enough sufficiency of my grace for you to walk through this. And what he's trying to say, he has for, this is, what, this is the revelation that Paul got, for my power is perfected or completed in your weakness. That word power means dunamis. My dunamis power is completed when you're going through this hard time. Why? Because in that hard time, in your weakness, you look to him more, don't you? In your hard times, in your persecution, in your hardships, you're going to look to him the most. And because you look to him the most, you're actually, at that point, you're strongest. Even though in the natural you feel you're weakest. Paul goes on to say, so he goes, he goes most gladly therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power, the dunamis of Christ may dwell in me. So I'd rather boast, I'd rather glory, I'd rather rejoice about my weaknesses so that the power of God can rest on me, right? He says, therefore, I am well content with weaknesses. Um, in, the, in, the, in the King James, he says, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made complete in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory, I would rather rejoice. Most gladly means I am I, actually going to think well of my weaknesses, for my, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, God says, right? In verse 10, therefore I take pleasure. Now this is something we don't do. I take pleasure in my weaknesses. You think, the word pleasure means I think well of my, when I go through my weaknesses. I think well about it. I think well of my weaknesses in my reproaches, in my necessities. The word necessity means in my needs. When you have needs, he goes, when I'm going through a, a desperate need and I need God to come through, I think well of that. Because at that point, I'm going to look to him the most. 
I think well of my reproaches, my necessities, my persecu- in persecutions. Hang on a sec, you're telling us to rejoice in persecutions? Doesn't, doesn't James say to rejoice in all, ty- all kinds of sufferings and trials? Rejoice because it's working, it's working your patience. It's making you stronger. It's, really, it's, you know, it's not a nice message to hear, but I'm telling you, it'll help you. It's like saying, um, I got, you, know, if I, you know, you're a bodybuilder and I'm on the bench and I'm, I'm weightlifting. And, and, and we, we Christianity, we say this, God, get rid of this weight. Get rid of it. Okay, you can say, yeah, okay, I'll get rid of the weight. Yeah, put it right. Now, you're never going to grow strong. You're not going to build muscle. We don't like the pain. Who enjoys the pain? But we're doing it out of the benefit of building muscle up. And we're building. We say, God, get rid of this pain, this weight. It's, the enemy's coming against me. It's pressure. It's needs. You know, when I read this, I'm just being vulnerable with you. And I read this because I'm learning something for myself. And Paul says, I, I take pleasure. I think well of infirmities. My weaknesses. I think well of. See, we all have weaknesses. The fact I'm human and I'm limited without God as a weakness. We came into the kingdom this way. We had to acknowledge the fact that we had no salvation. I need forgiveness. I'm going to stand before a holy God, a God of justice and judgment and righteousness. And without Christ, I'm undone and I'm lost. As a need there. As my necessity. I need Him. As my weakness. As my infirmity. But I go to God. I got, through, I got into salvation through acknowledging that I need salvation. I need forgiveness of my sins. That's how you came into the kingdom, if you, you came into the kingdom. And so when I read this, and it said in the King James, necessities, I looked up the word necessity, and it literally means, um, you know, distress or stresses, must needs, needeth or needful. Well, and I thought, yeah, I'm needful. Uh, right now we've got great needs. You know, we, we, we entered, for this building, we entered... A year ago, into a contract of two-year lease to buy this building. And we're walking, most of you know this, we're walking through the Red Sea. And the Red Sea has opened up. We've seen, I, can tell you, I can stand here and tell you, miracle after miracle after miracle of God's provision. In our weaknesses, we're saying, God, we can't do this. God has come through. We raised last year $550,000 in three months. That's a miracle. That's in our weakness of saying, God, only you can do this. So he comes through, he comes through. And we gave $1.2 million deposit. And now we're trusting God for an, another million dollars or a million point four now. A million point four. Well, that's, I'm saying, Lord, this is what I do. This is me, right? I'm being honest about my prayer time with God. So God, you're the God of abundance. I know he's a supernatural God of abundance. And he, every time he needs, he, he meets needs. He meets them supernaturally more than enough. That's the, El Shaddai, that's his name in the Old Testament. He's more than enough. I said, God, you can write a million dollar check like that. Actually, you can write a $10 million check. So my heart is, God, just relieve it. Just write $1 million. Let's do this supernaturally, abundantly. Let's cruise through this. Let's, let's get on with the job. Let's preach the gospel. Let's go to the nations. Let's plant churches. Come on, Lord. And, and, and so my mind is set is, Lord, just, just $1 million. Just so easy. And, and, but the Lord is saying, Leo, in your weakness, my power rests upon you. See, in my need, in this journey of two years, I, I might feel that, God, you've got to come through. So what am I doing? I'm looking to Him. I'm leaning on Him. My faith is constantly being exercised. I'm praying. I'm interceding. I'm speaking. I'm declaring. I'm believing. I'm trusting. I'm resting. I'm doing everything I know to do because I know it's God's will. He brought us here. 
But yet my flesh wants to say, Lord, get rid of this pressure. Get rid of it. That's why this angel of Satan was buffeting Paul. And Paul, Paul goes to the Lord, Lord, three times. Not once. First time, he says, Lord, can you get rid of this thing? This thing's buffeting me everywhere I go. This, this angel of Satan, just get rid of it. Like, just, just. And, 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 and the, the Lord, I don't know when he said, my grace is sufficient, but at one point he got a revelation. He did it three times. He asked the Lord three times to get rid of it. So he's thinking, if you get rid of it, I'll get on with the job. I'll get on with the job of the gospel of the kingdom. But no, Jesus saying, my grace, my, my undeserved grace and power and empowerment is sufficient. It's enough for you right now to go through it. It's enough for you. And by going through it, he goes, why? He goes, for my power. We're talking about God's dunamis power. Everyone wants God's dunamis power, don't we? We all want it. God, God's dunamis power rests upon me when I'm weak. For when I'm weak, I'm strong. So he goes, rather, I make a decision. I'm going to rejoice in my weaknesses. I'm going to rejoice in my hardships. It happened to them when they went to um, Philippi. Just keep your eyes. Actually, let's finish reading this because it goes on to say, verse 12, Therefore I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions. I'm content. I think well of them. With difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. That's, that's the words of Paul. And when he, in Philippi, you know the story in Philippi? When he goes to, let's pick it up from Acts 16, verse 16. And he, he goes to a, a city to preach the gospel. What happens, he goes, he goes to a, a place of prayer near the river and a, a, a businesswoman called Lydia uh, dealing with purple cloth and so on. Um, uh, the Lord opened up her heart. And, and anyway, there was another servant woman that was constantly saying, these are the servants of the Most High God and they will tell you the way of salvation. She was demon possessed and was a fortune teller. She used to read people's mails, so to speak, and, and get money for it for their owners, for her owners. She was a slave girl. And so she was in, in tune with the evil spirits and she was prophesying over people, giving people the predictions and for money, of course. That's what they were doing. And then they were getting rich. But then this this demon-possessed woman kept saying, these are the servants of the Most High God. That will show you the way of salvation. What she was saying was absolutely right. I mean, I thought, that's good advertisement. Even if it is coming from the devil's kingdom, that will show you the way of salvation. And the, Paul allowed her to do that for a while until she was, he was grieved. Now, you can find in Acts 16, verse 16, Paul just eventually just got upset and says, he says, come out from her in the name of Jesus. And that spirit left her. And they lost their, 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 their way of income. They couldn't make money off her anymore. Once the owners found out she couldn't predict anymore, they got angry, grabbed Paul and Silas and took them to the magistrates and said, these guys are preaching this message everywhere. From, you, know, you know, We're Roman citizens and they're preaching this other God and da-da-da. They didn't have a synagogue in Philippi. That's why they went to the river. Anyway, cut a long story short, the magistrates um, ordered them to be beaten with rods. They were, they were beaten with rods there, and then they, were, they, then they got stripes, which looks like they also got 39 lashes. So now Paul and Silas, their backs are laid bare, and they're thrown in the prison cell, and they told the jailer, make sure you shut them up. Make sure they don't get out. 
And so they, he puts them in the inner cell of the prison. In those days, those prisons aren't nice. You know, you can, you can Google even the actual prison where it was. I mean, it's just it's a little bit of a, a picture that a movie, someone put a movie of Paul and Silas. But it's, it's yuck. It's in the middle. Of, it's, 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 it's pitch black. There's no lights. It's smelly. I mean, they put their feet in, in, in wood, like in stocks, they called it. And they're chained up. And if you have to go to the toilet, you just go to the toilet. You know, you're going to say, oh, excuse me, Jala. Maybe, maybe there's a toilet in the corner, but it stinks. It's bad. It's pitch black. There's no lights, beautiful ivory keyboards tickling the music and the beautiful light. Today, it was beautiful lights and the beautiful presence and the worship. There's none of that. Don't you reckon they just lost their freedom? They've just been whipped. They lost their freedom. Now they're in isolation. Now they've got restrictions. They can't just get up and walk. And they don't know if tomorrow they die or not. They don't know if they'll get out tomorrow. They don't know if these guys are going to go crazy on them. They get, they get forgotten here. I mean, in that place, you've got, a, you've got a decision to make. You can start thinking, why did God let this happen? Why? See, in, in Paul's theology of God, understanding of God, he knew for sure this is not God. God did not allow us to get whipped and now thrown us in jail. They knew, they knew that, that people have their own free will. They knew that people have fallen, spiritually dead, and away from God and separated from God, and they would do bad things to us. And it's not the will of God when people persecute and attack you. You follow me? They separated from the goodness of God. In other words, in their eyes, they still believe God's good. It didn't affect their understanding of God. They could have, they could have... Paul, can you believe God let us do this? What are we doing? He's preaching the gospel. God, isn't God powerful enough to have protected us? He could have protected us. They didn't do that. In that context, they started to sing and worship God at 12 o'clock at night. And other prisoners heard them. So in their weakness, in their vulnerability, in their need, now they've lost their freedom. They don't know if they're going to die. But their eyes are still on the Lord. It's like they still know. So in that weakness, they're actually at their strongest point. Because when they started to... Maybe Paul and Silas, hey, Silas, did you see that little girl's, when we cast a demon out, the joy in her face? Yeah, I did, Paul. Wasn't it worth it? Yeah, it was so worth it. She got set free, beautifully delivered. He says, oh, isn't God good? Yes, God is so good. What about Lydia? Yeah, I know. Should we just worship the Lord? Absolutely. Let's worship. Lord, we love you. We praise you. You're amazing. We worship. We glorify. They started singing a song to the Lord in that context. And they started to lift up their voices and worship God. Because in their minds, God, you're good anyway. And in that moment, the presence of God filled that prison. They felt the presence of God. And the presence of God shook with like an earthquake, shook the foundations of that prison. Doors broke open, chains broke open. Every prisoner's chains were loosed. Every door broke open. That's what it says in the Bible. The jailer came in thinking, oh no, they're all gone. And he grabs the sword and ready to fall on it. Because he thinks it's better to die this way than get tortured by the Roman soldiers thinking, why have I let them out? He thought they all escaped. Paul screams, no, we're all here. Don't do yourself harm. And jailer falls down on his knees and says, what must I do to be saved? Can you see in Paul and Silas' most weakest moment, God came through strong. Peter was the same story. They actually chopped James's head off in the book of Acts. Chopped his head off. And because it pleased the Jews, Herod took Peter 
captive and put him in jail. You know the story. The Bible says this, at this point, the whole church was praying for him. The whole church was praying for Peter's freedom and deliverance. The Bible says Peter was knowing that he would go before Herod the next day. It pleased the Jews that he chopped James's head off. It looked like he was going to be executed the next day. In the natural, it all pointed towards, now it's Peter's turn because Herod's going to chop his head off. And Peter, the Bible says, was sleeping in between two soldiers. Sleeping, like, a, like he sleeps. You, you know, if you know you're gonna, you could get your head chopped off the next day, could you go to sleep? Peter just goes to sleep. So in his most vulnerable moment, his most weakness, he's trusting God. Absolutely trust. It's, it's okay, God. God, you're, you're almighty. You're, I'm in your hands. In my weakest moment, you could come through. And it's what happened. And the angel came. People were praying. And an angel came, opened up all the doors, woke up Peter. Peter, get up. Get your, get your clothes on. Chains were released. And they, he started, he goes, Bible says Peter didn't even know if it was real or not. If it was a vision or if it was a dream. And he wasn't sure. The doors would, would open up. The prison doors would open up. The city gate opened up. And the angel says, go. And then he realized, it's not a dream. This is real. And Peter just walked out. In his weakest moment in, in his humanity, God came through with power. But God's not going to come through in power if we're blaming God and upset with God and think this has come from Him. This hardship's come from Him. Don't think the hardship that comes against us, the persecution that comes against us, is from Him. Now, you might go through hardships because of your silly mistakes. There's that type of hardships too, isn't there? We make wrong decisions. And because of our wrong decisions or wrong behavior, you might reap the consequences. That's still not from God. You can take ownership, repent from it, but that's not God wanting to put the consequences on you. It's all over the Bible. Blind Bartimaeus, he had to acknowledge his need. He had to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In his humanity, in his weakness. What's his weakness? He's blind. But as he cries out in faith, he cries out to Jesus, Jesus heals him. And the power of God rests on him because of his acknowledgement of God, asking God. It's all over the Bible. Jesus says, if anyone is thirsty, so you've got to acknowledge you're thirsty first, don't you? Because if you don't acknowledge you're thirsty, if you don't think you're thirsty, I'm talking about spiritually speaking. If you're not, if you're not thirsty for God and his presence, but Jesus says, if you're thirsty, let him come to me and drink and I will give you rivers of living water. The thirsty part on our end, acknowledging our thirst is our weakness. Is acknowledging our weakness without God. And then I'm saying, God, I'm thirsty. I want your presence. Every time we experience God, his presence comes if we cry out to him. Fasting and prayer is a powerful key. What's happening? You are not feeding your body food. So what happens to your body? What happens to your flesh? It gets weaker and weaker. The voice of the actual flesh, the lust of the flesh, the desires of your flesh get weaker and weaker when you don't eat food. And what's that? It's in your weakness you're looking to God the most. And you feel the presence of God. So at that moment in the natural, I'm, I might feel weak because I'm fasting. But guess what? I'm at my strongest point, spiritually speaking. It's all over the Bible. Elijah, remember Elijah, the... The armies of the enemy were surrounding Elijah's home and they got up and the servant was with him and the whole um, army was literally, they hunted him down and trying to get Elijah. And, and, and the servant goes, oh no, look Elijah, they're all surrounded us. Doesn't that look like a weak moment? That's pretty bad. You're going to get captured. 
that have been hunting you down, now they captured you. But Elijah goes, oh Lord, open the eyes of my servant. So in the spirit realm, when his eyes got open, there were chariots of fire of angels all over the hills, all over the mountainsides, thousands upon thousands of them. There was, and Elijah, there's more of them than there are here. So in that moment of weakness, actually, when you look to God, God, we're talking about God. Talking about his strength. Paul had this attitude that, you know what? In other words, no matter what I'm facing, his grace is sufficient for me. His grace is enough. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 that with the trial, with the temptation, God will always make a way to escape. So no matter how much you go through, what you go through, what trial you go through, temptation you go through, always know God is always a door of escape. You just have to choose it. I heard someone say, um, God doesn't doesn't show up in your areas of your life where you think you are strong. He shows up in areas of your life where you think you are weak and shows himself strong. If you think you're strong in an area, in that area you don't lean to God. You're not asking God for help or strength or revelation. But when you realize you're weak in this area, then you look to him. And because of that, that's your strongest point. Amen. You know... Paul said in, um, let, me, let me read it to you. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, he has, Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer and even unto bonds. That means even I'm jailed. And he says, But the word of God is not bound, it's not jailed. So you know how they, 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 he's suffering for the sake of the gospel. They put him in prison. What's the enemy trying to do when you put someone like Paul in prison in Rome? To shut him up. Stop preaching this gospel, would you? Like the enemy is intimidated by Paul. So just put him in jail. Put him in jail in Jerusalem for over two years and then bound him up and put him in Rome and put him in there. So the enemy's trying to get this guy out of the way, put restrictions on him, shut him up, isolate him, put chains on him. But Paul says, but the word of God cannot be bound. And he writes three quarters of the New Testament. And the gospel goes out anyway. Paul actually says, I want, to get to, I want to get to Spain after Rome. He didn't ever get to Spain in the natural, but his letters got to Spain. His letters went to 2,000 years of church history. It strengthened millions upon millions, maybe even billions of believers. In his weakness, God's is the strongest. Happened to John the Apostle. They reckon, tradition says they put John in the boiling pot of oil to try to burn him alive and he didn't die. They didn't know how to get rid of him. That's what tradition says. Not in the Bible, but that's what some history historians say. He, then they say, you know what, let's put him in prison on the island of Patmos. It's a nice prison, by the way. It's, it's surrounded by the sea. But, but he, it's a small island. It's like we used to put prisoners in the island in the harbour here. But they put him to isolate him, again, to restrict him, to stop him from preaching the Word of God. Because everywhere he's going, he's converting people. Just shut him up. In the natural, that's weakness, isn't it? In the natural, that's, I've lost my freedom. I lost my, rest- I can't talk to anyone. I'm, I'm by myself. I'm isolated. He couldn't go, oh my God, I'll be preaching the gospel for you all, all this time. And you throw me in an island. Why couldn't you stop this from happening and all that? But he doesn't. On the Lord's day, he was in the spirit. He starts to worship God. God gives John one of the greatest revelations known to mankind. The last days of the whole ages of this earth. And he writes up the, the, the coming Days of the King of Kings to this earth. The, the, the revelation is the revealing of Jesus to this planet. 
And he writes it up the whole book of Revelations when the enemy was trying to shut him down. The enemy was trying to keep him quiet. The enemy was trying to make him weak. In the natural, that's weak. I'm in an island now. I've got no one else to talk to. But God has His ways. In our weakness, if we can look to Him and we don't blame Him, we're not upset with Him, in our weakness, we're the strongest. I believe with all my heart, God doesn't even see. God sees one line from your birth. He sees one line. This is God's eyes. Please understand. God sees one line all the way into eternity. We have to start to see how, we, how God sees us. When Stephen was being stoned to death, that's not God. God's not stoning him. Stephen is one of his greatest champions on the planet. The evil of man in their wickedness and in their religiosity stone him. And as he's getting stoned, he's getting stoned. Saul is there, he's holding people's jackets and everything, and he's wanting him to die until he gets converted. So even the way he was dying possibly impacted Saul to become a Paul the Apostle. But Stephen falls on his knees and the Bible says his eyes became open and the heavens opened up and he saw Jesus standing up at the right hand of the Father. Jesus stands up from his throne to receive Stephen. At his weakest moment on the earth, in God's eyes, that's his strongest point. Even if we had to die for God. That's how, that's how we actually got to see it. I'm serious. Even if, even if it was at that point that you get martyred because of your faith. It wasn't defeat. God says that it's triumph because you go into heaven. And He'll reward you greatly. I, I believe martyrs will be rewarded away. Just special rewards in heaven. I'm just trying to help us everywhere in the Bible. It was human beings, mankind crying out to God in their weakest moment. The Red Sea story, in their weakest moment. Now they're trapped. The Red Sea, the army's coming, we're gone. When you brought us out here to die, they're all freaking out. The weakest moment, they cried out to God, God came through. My heart is don't leave it because God operates to your level of faith. Don't leave it to 11.59 p.m. And people are like, God comes right at the end, right at 12 o'clock, right at midnight hour. He just comes through. It's usually because of our faith. Because we exercise our faith right at the end. Don't, don't wait for God just to make it. Trust God to supernaturally, abundantly provide for you. Amen. Again, my flesh is, oh God, take it away. It's easy for you. One million dollar check. That's nothing. It's true. It's nothing to Him. But in this, we're going to look back and go, wow, that was our greatest hour. Look at the miracles that God did in those two years. Look at the provision. Look at the, how many millions of dollars came through. Look at that, Lord. We're going to look back and go, wow. Why? Because we were allowing ourselves to be stretched with that. Um, what do you call it? Um, weight. Yeah. Um, pushing, the, pushing those weights. Yes, not unlike the pain, but you're getting stronger. But you've got to understand this. You've got to understand God is good. When my dad died, I'm going to close now. When my dad died, he died at 55 years old. And it was a sudden thing. He just had a heart attack, was gone. I got a phone call. I was in Tony's business, Heavenly Taste, Heavenly Taste Pizzeria. And mum's frantic on the phone. Dad, dad's in the bathroom. She couldn't open it and there was no, no response. I, I dropped the phone, ran to my car without the keys because I responded in fear. 
And as I did that, I thought, oh, what am I doing? You know, and I, 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 I calm myself, Leah, calm yourself. Thank you, Lord, because I, if I'm going to be in authority over the situation, I can't be full of fear. So I just calm myself, thank you, Lord, for you got this. Thank you, Jesus. And I grabbed my keys. I made myself walk, not run, walk and drive slowly. And I couldn't open the door. I had to go through the window. My dad was between the toilet and the wall. I had to pick him up and turn him over. He was already purple. And so in the natural, again, you do what you can do. I tried to bring him back to life. I tried to give him resuscitation and all that. I didn't know what I was doing. I was making a mess. I wasn't doing it right. And I thought, I, can't, I'm not doing, I don't know what to do here. He was already dead and gone. Prayed for him to come back. That didn't work. Went to the room, my bedroom. And I just said, Father, thank you for your goodness because you're a good God. I know what's happened to my dad. It's not you. Like I've just been honest with God. I know it wasn't God. So I don't have to get angry at God. I was not angry at God at all. I just said, Lord, you're a good God. I, I praise you for your goodness. That you're always good all the time. And I started praising out loud, worshipping God. Tony came in as well. My mum came in because she was frantic, weeping, crying, screaming around the house. She came in and started worshipping God too. It looked crazy now in the natural when the ambulance people came because his family, dad's members are in the room praising God. It looked weird. But we, weren't pra- we were praising God because God never changed. And I can't explain it any other way, but my strength comes from the understanding that God didn't take my dad. I just know that. Same with my mum, suffering of bone cancer for two years. I know that God didn't give her cancer. Can you see how you have to separate it? If Paul in that jail thought God allowed this to happen, how is he going to worship God? That's why in the moment of weakness, even when I lost my dad like that, and I'm looking to God, at that point, God's making me strong. Yeah, we didn't raise him from the dead, but God's making me strong. Because I'm not questioning God's goodness. We're living in a fallen world. I don't have to understand all the reasons why. I don't have to understand the DNA. Is it, is it his hereditary? Did he pick up something from his mum and dad? Is it the way he ate? Smoke, smoke, it was a smoke all his life. The way he ate, he wasn't exercising. What's the reason? Why did he have a heart attack? I don't have to understand all that. I just have to know it's not from God. There would be reasons, but you know, dad never went to hospital. Dad never went to a doctor. Never went for a head checkup, ever. So he could have and maybe, maybe could have lived longer. But... It's the point is, I'm not going to blame God for that. Does that make sense? I hope this is helping because I want us to be strong. No matter what the enemy faces, you don't have to say, God, get rid of this thing, get rid of it. Just say, Lord, thank you, your grace is sufficient. I have the strength for this. Your power is resting on me the most right now. Amen. Can we pray? Father, you know everything we are going through right now. Every person in this room that you love so dearly, you love them so much. The love you have for us, Lord, we, we, in our humanness, we can't comprehend it. Only by our spirit we can. But Lord, you love us so much. I pray, no matter what we've gone through, no matter what abuse we've been through, no matter what attacks we've been through, no matter what loss we have been through, if we've lost loved ones, no matter what we're facing in our physical body, whether it's sickness or disease, whatever it is, Lord, we know it's you are not the one that gives us sickness, disease or death. Jesus, you said that the devil comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But you said, I came to give life. So Father, here right now, no matter what we face, teach us 
to think well of our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities, our hardships, our persecutions, our needs. Teach us, teach us to think well of it. Because in that we look to you, Lord. We look to you the most when we go through hard time. And we want to push those weights, Lord. We want to build our muscle, our spiritual muscles up. We say, Lord, if it's happening, it's because you've given us the strength, the strength to face it. My grace is sufficient for you. That's what the Lord says to you. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power, my dunamis power is complete, is perfected, is completed when you are weak. So thank you, Lord, for making us strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. Thank you, Lord. Let that strength just come into our spirit right now. When I am weak, then I am strong. I lean to you. Just lean to Him right now. In your, in your heart, in your faith, talk to the Lord. Tell Him. Right now, things are coming up in your heart, in your mind, your thoughts. Just tell Him about that. Just say, Lord, thank you that in this, you make me strong. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Give us your strength, Lord. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.